Well, last week we started talking about the birth of Jesus. We're going through the life of Jesus uh, ever so briefly. I wish we could go well more in depth. And I did preach just through the life of Jesus already uh, last year, I guess it was. So um, there is um, stuff on that um, if you want more on that. So we will go through this with briefly without... Um, without going too in-depth, but we are doing a survey or an intro, so that makes sense, right? Uh, We talked last time about how the story uh, that we often hear at at Christmas time, you know, December 20, you know, 25th is is taken from a, you know, the dating is taken from pagan worship, the, you know, it, it, it doesn't match up, and we know that. Um, the birth of Jesus took place, it says that uh, in, in the scriptures that a census was taken. Now we can go back and look at Roman um, census records to see around when the census were taken by Caesar Augustus. And he ordered census to be taken um, where everyone must go to their own city or where they're from. Um, Joseph is from the line of David, so we've got to go to the, the city of Bethlehem, where David is from. Um, the empire-wide no, empire uh, census uh, by Caesar Augustus, he reigned from around 27 B.C. to A.D. 14. He's the Roman emperor. Uh, he ordered census around the year 28 8 and 14. So right when he started his reign, about halfway through it, and then at the end of his reign. Um, given the size of the Roman Empire at the time, this task of registering his people would have taken years. So it's not like, oh, well, it's time to take a census. Everyone in year eight gets started. It would have taken years. So based off of this, we know that Luke is pointing to uh, the census of 8 B.C. um, Because he references uh, Quirinius. And so this would put Jesus' birth from the time 6 to 4 B.C. We don't know exactly when because we don't know exact year. We don't know exactly what year it would have hit, you know, Judea and and whatnot. So we know it's from 6 to 4 B.C. is when this would have been given. Um, so we are told that there's no room at the end, and um, the end, i, I got to see what my next slide is. All right. Yep, there's no room at the end, and so they gave birth to, um, in a manger, which probably means that there was no normal rooms for them, so they were in the place at the bottom of the house where the sheep were at, Um I think we talked about that last week, didn't we? I don't want to repeat myself, we did. Okay. Um, shepherds were told of his arrival. 
and were the ones to come and visit the boy, um, which is an amazing thing. Um, there's another image for you of him in a manger. This one has more of a cave motif to it. Um, anyways. So eight days after his birth, they follow Jewish tradition. Eight days after, eight days, eight days after um, he was taken to the temple in Jerusalem where he would be circumcised. Uh, according to the Jewish law, they wait eight days and then they circumcise the male. So they'd be traveling um, first down from Nazareth where they were to Bethlehem. That's quite a trip. And a pregnant woman, nonetheless. And then from Bethlehem up to Jerusalem, not a long trip at all. So they're, they're right there. Um, and they go to the temple. Uh, and when... The, and, and, and we're told about this in Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 22 through 38, 39. Um, this is the only place where this is recorded. Um, we do know that his eight, circumcision eight days was also in Matthew, Matthew 1, 25. And that was important, like, as they're writing, Matthew, the Jewish writer, makes sure it's thrown in that he follows Jewish tradition. But it's not like the main focus. Luke, the historian, wants to declare him as the universal God and that he's fulfilling the promise. So he's, he brings out a bigger story into this, this aspect that the other authors just weren't interested in. So Luke uh, 22, um, you know, I want to read some of this. And when the day of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem and presented him to the Lord, just as written in the law of the Lord. You know, I pause right there. Um, this is the day of their purification. Why do they need to be purified? Well, they need before they could go to the temple. They were unclean because she just gave birth. Um, according to Jewish law, they're unclean. They've been around the birth uh, blood and birth uh, uh, fluids, and, and, and that's, that's unclean business. Now, a lot of times in our heads, we think unclean bad. But that's not, that's not true. The Scripture is not saying this is bad. Women are not bad because they become unclean. Every, it's, you know, you're not unclean because you're around the... It's just you can't, you, you're not fit for the the temple process you have to go through a period of purification before you go into the temple and that's all it wasn't like bad and good it just is and there's they're not saying that the birth process was bad god didn't create it bad they just weren't clean because they just went through this process so they have to have a period of purification so they can be pure before the lord and go into the temple so a lot of times when you read scriptures, you'll see unclean, and our minds automatically flip that bad switch on. It's not necessarily saying bad, just not able to go in the temple. There's a big difference between bad and you just can't go in the temple. 
And so I think sometimes we need to make sure that we keep in mind that it's, it's not necessarily bad. But anyways, um, says when they, they, were day, they were done with their days of purification, notice both of them because they were both there, um, they went to Jerusalem, present him to the Lord, just as written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn males will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer sacrifices according to what the state uh, in the law, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. We actually know that Jesus, was, his parents were poor because they offer the two young pigeons or turtle doves, not the richer people would offer like goats or um, this was the, the turtle dove and pigeons. This was for people who couldn't afford um, lamb or goat. You know, this is the, the sacrifice for, for the poor people. So we know they didn't have a lot of money. Um, and there was a man whose name was Simeon, a righteous and devout. Um, looking forward to Israel's consolation in the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord, Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple when the parents brought in Christ Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law. Simeon took him up in his arms and praised God and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised, for my eyes have seen the salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all the people, a light for the uh, revelation to the Gentiles, a glory to your people in Israel. Once notice again, we're in the book of Luke, that universal Jesus for the Gentiles and all of Israel, universal Jesus. His father and his mother were amazed about what was being said to him. The same blessed him and told his mother Mary, indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will be pierced your own soul and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Um, now we don't really get how old Simeon was. Um, I've heard some nice uh, tales, you know, 800 years old, you know. But God just said he wouldn't die till after he saw him. He could have been 28. We don't know. <laughs> um but because he said God would not let him die till after he's seen him, so we assume he's at least of some age. But that's an assumption. We don't know. Um, there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of uh, Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was long, along in years, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and a widowed for 84 years. So she's, she's, she, now we know she's up there in age. She did not leave the temple, she, temple serving God night and day with fasting and prayer. At the very moment she came up to and began thanking God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of, of Jerusalem. Um, so Anna praises him. So we have two people, two witnesses declaring him as the Messiah. Why is this important?
There has to be more than one witness. There are, according to Jewish law, for something to be true in the court, you have to have two witnesses declare it. So this is important that you have two witnesses saying that this is the Messiah. This declares them as, as the Messiah. So after this, they return to uh, Bethlehem, and apparently they get a house, or they, the other family members leave, and they're able to move into the guest house. I don't know. But they stay there, um, probably, possibly waiting until Jesus was old enough to make the trip back to Galilee. Um, it's a long trip for a newborn to make all the way back up to, to Galilee. And um, they probably would have been waiting for that period. We don't know how long that period would have lasted. Um, we can guess that it was probably anywhere from eight months to two years um, before they would have made that trip. But we don't know how long that would have um, uh, especially since they don't actually go straight back to Galilee because something happens, but we don't know how long they were planning on staying. Yeah, John. Um, you know, I'm sure there is, and I'll leave it to people smarter than me. I don't know. Um, I'm sure there are significance there, but I don't know them. Um, I would have to do some research on that. Um, it sounds like an idiom to me, um, but I'm not familiar with exactly what that would mean. Um, sword in, and, and uh, yeah, I'd have to look it up, what what's other people smarter than me say, because this does sound like something that's particular to the language of the speak. And David, you had something you wanted to say? Yeah, we haven't gotten to the, well, actually, that's where we're going now, but yes, uh, thank you. Um, the Magi... It would have taken them quite a while to get there. Would not have been there at the birth. At, you know, like when it popped out. It was probably after. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh, David, what was, what's, your, what's your understanding on that? Yeah, we, we actually don't know how many there were. Why do we say Three. Well, there's, there's, there's two different reasons for it. The three gifts and the three, I, I, I'm trying to be P, uh, PC, um, the three races or whatever, the three classifications of people, they, they came up with these reasons. Um, um, Asian, Angloid, and Negroid is what they used to say. And uh, so there was three to represent the three. I, you know, I, I don't like that, but that's why, you know, but that's one of the, where, where it came from. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah, right? Uh, all kinds of people would have been in this, and the, the Persians would have been, uh, probably not, it would have probably been, they, they would have been Persian people. Iran, I think Iran, this would have been, the Magi were probably Iranians. Um, but, 
then we also have the three gifts. Well, we've got three gifts, three wise men. Um, we don't know how many there were, probably more than three. Uh, probably traveled as a gift. Um, Jesus, really, by the time the wise men come, he's probably, I mean, probably around two. I mean, before they get there, um, maybe younger. Um, so if he was born in six, you're thinking about four B.C., um, and, but they do bring three gifts, right? Uh, gold, which is a gift for a royalty king, which he's the king of the Jews. Frankincense, which is connected with the priesthood and temple sacrifice. And myrrh, uh, myrrh which is a, um, a perfume for when people died, um, which you use to help cover up the stench of death. So it's... Um, it really is significant, um, and um, Matthew talks about these. Um, the um, I'm trying to remember exactly what passage that is. Um, visit of the wise men was in two one through twelve, and uh, where interesting enough. Those are in the Jewish gospel, which represents Jesus as king of kings. Jesus as the perfect sacrifice and Jesus who's going to die and be buried and resurrected for our death. Matthew is setting up something when he makes sure he mentions this up. Now Luke is not bringing this up because it's not important for his, his overall message. Matthew, it's important because he's setting something up as this Jewish gospel. That's right. His offices of priest, prophet, priest, priest, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, now, so if he's, we'll say he's two. We don't know exactly how old he is, but we'll say he's two. Because um, we think he's probably anywhere from two years younger at this time. Um, the wise men come, and now they give him some advice. They tell him, don't go straight up. Why not? <laughs> Herod's found out that a king of the Jews has been born. Remember what his nickname is, and he's been declared by the Roman emperor, king of the Jews. This is a direct challenge to his authority. This would have been seen as treason to the throne. So Herod wants to kill him. So the wise men tell him, don't go straight up. Go down to Egypt. Now Herod will die in 4 B.C., which is why, so, so we know that it was before 4 B.C. that he went down there. Um, and they'll return to Nazareth. sometime later um, they're probably in Egypt not very long let's say a year at most um, given the dates of death and stuff like that um, but we don't know exactly where he goes to in Egypt 
Um, Egypt is a large section. And we don't know exactly where he goes to in Egypt. Um, some people have him going all the way down to Memphis on the Nile River. Some people have him go just into Egypt. Um, we don't know where he goes. He goes. They say he goes to Egypt, which is um, something that takes us back to all those Old Testament passages we, re- we read. Remember that they go to Egypt for... Um, for survival that's where they go for survival there's a a something being claimed here that um matthew is bringing out that 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 this this idea of the jewish messiah has been to egypt just like we were our people were he's gone to egypt to um you know it's 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 reminiscing of that story that we've already seen so like Matthew, who's that Jewish one, he's the one who brings this up because he's telling the story he, uh, to the Jews. Uh, Luke leaves it out. It's not as important to him for what he's doing. I bring up Matthew and Luke because they're the ones telling the story at this point. John and, and Mark don't get here yet. Um, now, if you like Gnostic teachings or mystic teachings, which are not biblically based. There's all kinds of fun stuff people do with this time in Egypt. <laughs> it's where he gets trained to be a priest, and um, he learns all the magic stuff he does from the priest in Egypt, and uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff that people do with this, and it all comes from this mystic Gnostic, because they don't believe Jesus is God. He had to learn it from somewhere else. Well, it was from Egypt. Um, Therefore, we can claim all kinds of things about Jesus that don't make make him God. And um, there's a lot of stuff out there about that, and so you will see it if you are studying this time period at all about Jesus. You're going to see this this kind of thought. Um, and it comes from his time in Egypt. Uh, of course, they'll put him, like I said, he's there for probably like a very long year maybe. And they'll put him there till he's like 18. <laughs> um, because they want him to be a priest of Egypt. Not jesus the messiah they're trying to re reposition him um but we know that he is back and he probably goes back probably about a year later and now this would have been a long haul from egypt back to nazareth we don't know how long that would have taken him remember they're on foot no cars um the average person walks about 20 miles a day um, so that little dot right there says 60 miles, so that's probably about three days' walk. So you're looking at, you know, several weeks, and we don't know how long he took. He's a kid, you know, Jesus, they got a baby with him, or a two-year-old. I can only imagine walking that far with a two-year-old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, I can't imagine there are be- any better travelers than they are now. Um, <laughs> um, but they probably traveled with caravans and with multiple people 
and they get out and walk and ride in the carts and everything else like that. So, um, which we also see in the next section, which is because um, we leave Jesus, we don't have anything from Jesus after he returns to Nazareth. Um, he's twelve years old. Now, there is a uh, Gospel of Thomas that is in the Apocrypha or Pseudepigrapha. Apocrypha, I think it is. Anyways, that claims to have some stories about Jesus before this. It's not considered biblical. Um, In fact, it was actually probably written much later by people who were trying to explain some of the questions that we have. Like, what's Jesus doing all this time? What about his brothers and sisters? And it's got some interesting stories like, um, you know, Joseph cuts a, a chair too short, which tells me it was made afterwards because they wouldn't use the same chairs. Um, anyways, and Jesus, um, you know, grew it longer. Um, brother kills a, a bird. He brings it back to life. Um, these are things. What's that? No, he's not walking in the water in the bathtub yet. Um, but you know, and, and so these are stories that come up uh, later on, um, probably to answer some of the questions that we have today. So they come up with these other stories. Um, but we do know, but we get, we don't meet Jesus again until he's 12 years old. Why not? Why 12? Bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah, uh, um, actually is the Arabic word for uh, bar meaning son, but uh, or bat mitzvah is his daughter. It's it's their coming of age. It's the time when they're coming of age and becoming uh, adults, and they would go through a process at the te- at the temple where they would have been with lots of other people at the same age, coming in to go through the same thing, and you you would. Um, and the traditions vary at, at time period, but the basic principle is. You go before the priest, and they'd have like a bunch of them there sitting before you, and the family would be all there taking pictures and smiling, and there's cake afterwards. And, um, but you, uh, you, you, they give you a passage to read, and you have to read from the, the Torah. So you have to prove that you can read from the Torah, and then you also have to explain what that passage means. And so that would have been what Jesus was doing when they were all amazed by what his response was. It was because they were amazed at what he had said. And so he's going to go through this process, and then it's not like everyone stops. The people that were listening probably took him off to the side, off to a side room, which explains also why his parents had trouble finding him, because he's in a side room of the temple, explaining and the people are talking to him in this side room. Well, yeah, that, uh, that's, that's the way of saying he grew up and he was 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 a good kid that's <laughs> that's uh kind of what it says there um god's grace was with him 
Um, which also means that he was able to learn in the temple before this, prior to this, or at least maybe Bethlehem, there was some scrolls in Bethlehem, we don't know. But as some, he was able to read before this, so he's been taught. And so he's read the, the, the scriptures before this. So apparently he's a pretty smart kid too. Um, you know, Joseph was a, a, we use the word carpenter. I've been told, and I say that because I've been told, because uh, I don't know the Greek real well, but I'm told that that's not really the best translation uh, the term that would be there more like, we would use more like um, handyman. He was Rob. <laughs> um, you know, he was a fix-it man. You know, he, he did, you know, carpentry, but he also did, you know, whatever needed being fixed around, your, around the town. You know, that was who Joseph was. Um, and so... Um, Well, yeah, we, we do know that he was able to, uh, you know, he was fully God and fully human. So we have to assume that he, was, that he went through a learning process just like any kid would. So Joseph apparently allowed him, he's not a person, he's not a priest, so he, wouldn't, so he would have, to have taken him somewhere to learn these things. They would not have had scrolls in their home. They would have had to go somewhere. Uh, now, there's different arguments whether Bethlehem would have even had, being a small town, would they even have had scrolls or multiple scrolls? Maybe they just had one or two, and that's what Jesus said in the book of Deuteronomy. He quotes a lot from the book of Deuteronomy. So maybe the book of Deuteronomy was the scroll that, that uh, Bethlehem, Bethlehem or that Nazareth had. I'm sorry, I'm already back in Bethlehem. Nazareth had. Um, you know, because he didn't go to Jerusalem. If he's if he's up in if he's up in uh, Nazareth, he's not going down to Jerusalem all the time. <laughs> um, it's not like, hey, I'm going down to Jerusalem to read from the temple. So there's got to be some kind of learning going on here. Yeah, they would have gone down at sometimes for the feast, and we do know they were observant. Um, so they would have gone down sometimes, but I wonder if there was something, you know, like if he, you know, it seems like to go become a pre, uh, a rabbi, you have to go through a lot of training and, um, there's other arguments with that. I would imagine he would have gone, had s- some scrolls in Nazareth or in the surrounding area. Um, there probably was a local synagogue or something that passed for a synagogue, According to the, the tradition, by the time, uh, around that time, let's say Acts, but, you know, around that time, if there was more than 10 men that could gather together, you were supposed to have a, a rabbi and some kind of synagogue or house where you met in or um, some kind of local church. So I imagine there was some, at least one or two scrolls there. Um, we are so blessed that we can just, like, Hey, I've got the whole thing right here. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what a blessing it is, right? 
Uh, yeah, well, I got it here. Um, you know, he, he had, and so we do know that he, but God blessed him in his learning. He was raised in righteousness. Uh, his family was observant, which probably meant they, they did, you know, the candle lighting on Friday, on, on, on Friday nights. And they read, they, 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 they stay, you know, um, they have certain prayers and verses you recite every week at certain times so that you learn these things over and over and over again. Certain prayers you pray every day, like Shema, you do every day. Uh, depending on which branch of Judaism in, you do it two or three times a day. Um, and um, so they, they're very devout and raised him in this way. And so they, and they probably did go to Jerusalem a few times. They, uh, you're supposed to go down at the festival times. There's a few times a year you're supposed to go if you are able it's not like if you you know if you're dirt poor, the Bible does allow for you not to go. Um, but if you're able, you're supposed to go down to Jerusalem, and you would go down in groups, which would actually alleviate the burden because no one person is supposed to come with the whole you know the trip by yourself. You went down as your whole family. Your whole family went down, and so Jesus, this is probably not Jesus' first time in Jerusalem. Um, but every year his parents travel to Jerusalem. It says every year his parents travel to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. Uh, we're not told if he went for all the others, but at least we know they go to Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival. And those days were over. They were returning. The boys stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know, assuming he was traveling with the party. And they went a day's journey. Now we look back with our modern eyes and say, what bad parents. That's our modern eyes looking back. For them, it wouldn't, I mean, it would not be surprising that, hey, he's with the group, you know, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, you know, your neighbor that you've known since you were, you know, two. Um, you traveled together. Everyone's going down to Jerusalem for the, the Passover festival. We all go together. So he, you know, could have been with his cousin or with his, his best friend or, you know, um, Jesus probably had best friends, you know. We don't like to think about that, but, you know, he probably had best friend. Uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, he was a boy, you know. And, uh, and, was, and so when, he, so when they, they leave, it's time to leave. He knows he's 12, which considers him a man at this point, passing his bar mitzvah. He's responsible. It's not like when I think about my kids, you know, teenagers i would never give them this much responsibility but at his age in that time period we're, remember we're in dialogue with the past we're not dictating our morals back on the past um he was a man he was responsible hey at this time we're leaving and um so they get a a, a, a day's journey he's not like hey where's my baby you know it's like hey where's jesus well yeshua um and, and uh, well, he's not here. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen him. Um, and so they get, so, so they, uh, they, 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 they run back. They have to go back and, um, and they search for him in Jerusalem. That means they have to leave the, 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 the safety of the party. They have to leave the group. Probably some embarrassment going on there. Remember, honor, shame, society. This looks like they're bringing shame upon them. Um, after three days, they find him. 
this three days, there's, there's that, that three days. We're going to see that quite a bit in there. This is, this is an important moment right here. Three days they're looking for him. Oh, that's something, something to that. Um, and they find him in the temple, sitting among the, temp- the teachers, listening t- to them and asking questions. And see, he's, he's not just t- talking this whole time. He's been there with him. He's asking questions too. He's learning. He's an quiz, inquisitive person. He's learning. He very well might be. This is why he, he's growing in grace and wisdom. He doesn't know it all. He's asking questions. He's laughing. He's amazed. They're amazed by his responses, and, and he's asking questions and listening to them. And, and they were astonished at his answers. And, and so, like I said, they're probably in a side room or on the steps off to the side, so it's why they, they can't find him for a while. And, um, and the parents see him. They're astonished. And his mother says, Son, why have you treated us like this? Bring shame upon us. Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. But you, why were you searching for me, he asked them. Didn't you not know I'd be in my father's house? Uh, but they did not understand what they said to him. Uh, they probably um, were pretty mad at that. Well, you're not in your father's house. You know, Joseph's father, we've got to go home. <laughs> Bring shame upon us. They were probably mad at him, um, which is understandable. Um, but we know, and and the author of this, um, um, Luke, he brings this in because he wants to establish who the real father is. And um, so, um, yeah. Born special. Uh, it's very possible that after 12 years, they kind of, um, I don't know if they forgot, but backburnered it. <laughs> yeah, this is my son. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah, they may have uh, lost track of that idea. Or maybe Joseph never really did, and he may have treated him differently. We don't know. We don't have that. And he says, I'm here at my father's house. And Joseph may have never really accepted him. We do have ample evidence in the Bible that sometimes that you know parents don't always treat their kids properly. And we know from our own experiences that we don't treat our kids always properly. We try our best, right? But... Yeah, they notice. That's right. the The fishermen even notice that he's he's something different. Um, and a lot of times we think these these fishermen they were, they were uneducated, but they were probably had already heard messiahs and rabbis talking, and they're saying, "Hey, this guy's saying something, you know, different." 
He stands out. Um, yeah, I was, I was about to read that. Um, yeah, verse 52, it says that Jesus advanced in wisdom and statures in favor with God and with people. Um, so he continued to learn, he continued to grow in stature and favor with, with the people around him, with God. Um, so then we have a break in his life. What time is it? Yeah, okay. Um, There we go. Uh, Life of Jesus. So birth and youth, probably around six, we'll we'll say six, six to four, um, to around 26. Uh, He begins his public ministry around 80, 26, 27. Um, And he's killed by somewhere around 80, 30. Um, and I say around because we don't know exactly, you know. There are some, some questions about all this. We have shorthand that we give all us, all us pastors and academics use shorthand. He was 30 um, when he started and he was 33 when he died. But we, all us pastors and academics know that there are some questions and that these may not be exact. <laughs> Um, but um, we meet Jesus again after he's 12 at the age of 30 or so now why is it important that it's around 30 David that's right that's the age when you become a priest you've gone past your training periods you've done if you're uh, a, a Levi, you've turned your, done your time in the temple. Thirty is the time you become a priest. So it's important that we see him again. We don't get to see him again until thirty, because that's the next point that matters to the story. And that's the point when the other. Uh, that's 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 the point when uh, we see uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And even John is there in around when he's thirty. That's that's the important one. Um, the baptism of Jesus, which will be, um, which we'll talk about here in a minute, um, is found in all four of the Gospels. That's for all four of the stories, all four of the goals that they are all preaching. Remember, they all have different goals in mind when they're writing their Gospels. All four of them, this moment is important for all of them. So, you know. I hope you guys remember when you were baptized, written it down. It's important. Um, anyways. Um. What's my next? Yeah, okay. We'll go to that in a minute. Um, 
So this just gives us a brief outline of things we've already discussed, um, where things are located. Um, and I, I put that in there because I know there's a lot of traveling going on, and sometimes we forget, you know, like he was born in Bethlehem, so sometimes we kind of like get that assumption that that's where he lived, but it wasn't. He was in Nazareth, um, visiting Jerusalem, which is quite a ways away. And, um, you know, so it's important that we, we have that on there. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about John the Baptist. We have a few minutes. Or maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I'm trying to decide on whether I have time to cover John the Baptist. Um, yeah, we can do it real quick. All right. John the Baptizer. Um... John, if you remember John, we've already talked about him briefly. He's the uh, cousin of Jesus, and it says he had the spirit of Elijah on him. He was the, the one who would proclaim Jesus, the Messiah. Now, at the time, John has gone out into the desert. He's wearing camel hair and leather clothes, eating bugs and whatnot. Which sounds exactly like the pastor we need, right? Uh, <laughs> no, he's probably, um, even for them, he was probably the guy you were like, that guy's crazy. Um, we would probably do the same today. And, um, but he came to say that one greater than he was coming, and he was a, uh, a, a, a rabbi teacher, and he would baptize in the river, uh, declaring, um, and, and baptism is not new to Jeru- is not only a Jerusalem uh, Israelite thing, but it is something that they use to symbolize purity. So it's not just a Christian thing; it's something the Jews did as well to symbolize being clean and 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 repentance of sin. John himself was seemed to be anti-temple, um, anti-nationalist, anti-establishment. Um, he preached that God requires repentance, confession of sin, baptism. And he will baptize with water, and he'll say, Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, yeah, you could say that. I mean... Baptism at the time represented um, one sincerity in the faith. Um, that you were going to be clean and pure and begin the faith. And so Jesus was going through this process as he was becoming a priest to symbolize his pure, his ritual purification to be a priest. He had to be ritually pure. And we see um, that the Holy Spirit is plate comes upon him in in the form of a dove, and God places his hand upon him, so we can definitely see that God was anointing him at this time and some people and I disagree with this teaching uh, will even say that jesus this is the point where Jesus became the the God Messiah he was not fully and I disagree with this teaching because uh, it goes up against too much of the other scriptures, but this is the point that they all point to that that he was anointed. And um, a, they, this is adoptionism is what this, the, the big word for that is adoptionism. 
he was adopted as the the son of God, uh, son of God at this point. Um, but it would be the time that Jesus was anointed. This was, and it was also when um, when um, Jesus was um, declared, "This is my son." It was it was a, a public testimony. You know, before this, we've had you know it, it, Joseph and Mary and and Elizabeth know. Uh, Zach, Zachariah, no, um, and I don't know who else they've told, <laughs> but there's no public outcry here, announcement here, and that's and of course that's one of the things we've taken into why we baptize. One of the reasons we baptize the church is for ourselves, you know, to symbolize Bethany, but it's a it's an outpouring our, our part of our confession to everyone else that I have done this process as well. And Jesus, is, is when he's baptized, he's declaring to everyone else, and God declares him as being my son, whom I'm well pleased. And, uh, of course, we have um, a wonderful example of the, um, the Trinity there at this baptism. Actually, maybe the clearest for our modern readers. There are other places that if you're Jewish, you might see it differently. But for our modern um, readers, this is the clearest place where we see the three aspects of God working at one time, where God the Father is saying, this is my Son whom I'm well pleased, and the dove comes and lands, the, whole, uh, the Holy Spirit comes and lands on him, this is the Holy Spirit. And so we see this three aspects of God working at one time in this passage. So for our mo- modern times, this is the one we go to. This is our go-to passage about the Trinity. Um, and um, um, but anyways, John, um, John, in his anti-temple, um, anti-establishment, he's actually going to publicly rebuke the Herodians, the the governors. Uh, he's going to be thrown into prison. Um, <laughs> Herod's actually uh, eventually going to make a drunken uh, oath to his stepdaughter um, and serve up this man's head on a platter. Um, Because she was mad at him uh, for saying stuff, you know, about the family. So that's how John's going to die. Um, But we don't actually see a lot about John. We see... um, John actually relinquishes a couple of his disciples to go and follow Jesus. Uh, they were sitting under some of the some of the Jesus disciples had trained with John first, um, and some of them didn't make the cut under John, so they were Jesus pulls from them, and um, uh, we'll talk about all that in a minute, um, or actually probably next week. Uh, but you can look that up; it'd be a good homework assignment for you. <laughs> Um, but, um, um, yeah, um, we, um, but anyways, um, so John, we do know that some of them, you know, when Jesus, you know, seemingly get in trouble, they go back, they try to go back to John and, um, but John declares that Jesus is better than, uh, than, um, John is better, Jesus is better than John, sorry. And um, 
and he's just there to lead the way, which is important for the, uh, the, has the spirit of Elijah on there because the prophecy was that Elijah would come and proclaim the Messiah. I would definitely say there's definitely an aspect of that um, in a sense because he is going to die and be the death, burial, and resurrection. So it takes on a new meaning. Uh, Though the idea that I'm being buried, my sin is being washed away as I'm under, I'm being buried and raising to a new life also meant that for Jesus' baptism because that was already something that had been established. So I think Jesus just, he didn't like rewrite it, he just added to it. Kind of like he does with Lord's Supper, right? You know, it's not like he washes away all those previous meetings. He just says, I'm going to claim it. So baptism was already a symbol of, hey, I'm being buried and all my sins being washed away and I'm going to raise up and, and be a new person and walk away, you know. He said, well, I'm going to claim that. Now you represent you're going to die to self just like I did prophetically to raise and walk a new life that I'm going to give you. So he adds to it. He doesn't erase it. Because he, he came to fulfill the law, not to erase the law. So he came to fulfill the law. So we got to add to that, that thing. Um, all right. Um, well, we don't have time to do that one. So we'll stop there. We'll come back to that one. That is... Um, Right after his baptism, he heads out into the wilderness, and we don't have time to cover that today. I'm not covering it in five minutes anyways. (laughs) Um, Anything else we want to say? Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> locust is usually considered the bug. Um, now, locusts go through a period of, um, like the cicadas here we have in the United States, they go underground for like seven years. And so he would probably have been digging these things up under the ground. So it would be possible that the plants would be there as well, maybe. But we, it says locusts, so we got to assume he was actually eating the bug. Um, kind of like a grasshopper, but they're bigger. Um, locusts are, um, but yeah, they would have been underground. He's probably digging these things up under, from underground and you would eat them. Now locusts eat, uh, plants like crazy, so, um, yeah, good source of protein. Um, now was he eating other things as well? Probably. I mean, it says that he was eating honey and locusts. Um, honey is made from the bees, and the, you can find it in wild uh, wild spaces and stuff like that. Um, but realistically speaking, he was probably also eating other things you find in the desert. Um, let's not narrow him down. This is the type of things he was eating. Let's 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 type it. You know, he was eating this type of thing, not. This is all he was eating. 
Um, yeah, he ate what, but it, that, that's what it kind of it goes to say. He ate what was available to him in the desert. So, yeah. So, would he have eaten plants? Probably. Yeah, and, um, but I, I would, um, and, and he, yeah, and, and, but, uh, um, and, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, I just, I don't want to typecast this, um, you know, into one, like, this is all he was eating. Um, he was probably eating everything that was available to him in the desert. That's what it meant, is he's eating the things that are available to you in the desert. If we were to put it out here, he was eating cactus and coyote, you know? <laughs> uh, you know, um, you know, ram is out there. I don't know. We're in the mountains. You can get some ram. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. Did you see some actually? Yeah, you see them from time to time. Uh, they don't come down from the mountains too often. Usually, I see them up on the mountain tops. But yeah, so yeah, <laughs> make a show far out of it. <laughs> Um, all right, well, let's, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll pick up with the desert next time. Uh, Father God, we praise you today, Lord. We just thank you for this wonderful blessing. We ask that you just um, lift us up and, and help us to look into your scriptures and just be uh, truthful to it. And, and Lord, we know that there are things that we don't understand, and that's okay, Lord. We pray that we just gr- continue to grow like, you d- like Jesus did. In wisdom and knowledge and favor with you and with people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.